If you kneel, it automatically puts you in a posture in your heart that is so different than when you're sitting or standing. Yeah. If you kneel, you and me, everything changes inside. You cannot kneel before God and think, wow, I am amazing right now. <laughs> you, know, you think, wow, okay, I, I am, this, it's a humble place. Yeah. When you lift your hands, it does something inside of you. Welcome to the Jesus Calling Podcast. Our guests today are Grammy Award-winning worship leader, Chris Tomlin, and pastor and author, Darren Whitehead. Chris and Darren share insight toward unlocking the mysteries in how we praise God and how our lives are transformed when we learn to live a life of praise. We also hear the story behind Chris's praise and worship song, Known Around the Globe, How Great Is Our God. And Darren tells us how to spot God working in our lives in ways we may not expect. They weave some of these thoughts in the new book they've written together called Holy Roar, Seven Words That Will Change the Way You Worship. I'm Chris Tomlin. Yeah, songwriter, musician. I've been traveling, touring for, I guess, a little over 20 years now. Um, live in Franklin, Tennessee, but I'm a Texan through and through. I uh, was born in East Texas, and uh, yeah, it's been an amazing journey. Would have never thought that these little songs I started writing when I was a, a bit younger would have gone around the world like they have. but. For me, I would probably say I spent most of my life chasing my songs around the world. My name's Darren Whitehead. I'm the senior pastor of Church of the City. Um, we're in Nashville and in New York. We have seven different locations, five in the Nashville area and then two in New York City. And uh, as you can tell, I'm originally from Mississippi. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm from Australia and uh, I moved to the United States in 1998. So it's been uh, 21 years that I've been living in, in this beautiful country. We're sitting in our church here at Church of the City in Franklin, Tennessee. And I was so moved, he began this message on praise. And I immediately checked out, if we can just be honest on this podcast, <laughs> I immediately checked out. And um, lots like, of people check out when I start <laughs> preaching. That's what happens so at our church. It's kind of normal. Wow, the music was good. Here comes yeah. Darren. Um, and so uh, <laughs> I, I'm just kidding. I wasn't checked out. I was like, okay, this is, in this is interesting. But what, but what I thought is like, I've heard every message on worship you could possibly give, right? I give those around the world. I talk about this. This is what I spend my life doing. And he's beginning to share these, this message on praise. And immediately I thought, how have I never heard this before? And I was so, it was just grabbed me. And I thought, this is game changing. I could feel it in our congregation that morning. You could just feel the, wow, this is a revelation from the scriptures that I don't think most of us have ever heard on why we praise God, what it means to praise God. And instantly out of, uh, out of the, as soon as I got out of the service, I was texting there and blowing his phone up saying, that may be the most powerful and most important message on praise I have ever heard in my life. Everyone needs to hear this. You need to write a book. I just kept saying, you need to write a book on this. This is so powerful because I thought, if I've never heard this and this is what I think about all the time and do, then how much, how many people are sitting around in churches all over this country and didn't know that this is what the, this is what the scripture really says about praise. And so that started this journey, this very unlikely journey was. of the two of us uh, writing this book together called Holy Roar. I especially love the little subtitle, Seven Words That Will Change the Way 
you worship. Many people know that in the New Testament, there are four Greek words for the word love. There is eros and storge and agape and phileo, and they all mean something slightly different, but they're all translated into the English word love. Well, in the Psalms, there are seven Hebrew words for the English word praise. It's all translated praise. So anytime you see praise the Lord or I will praise you or any other time the word praise shows up, it's one of seven different Hebrew words. All of this is hiding underneath the surface. So uh, Holy Raw is our best attempt to explain what each of these seven words actually mean. And they all mean something slightly different. Uh, one means to lift your hands in the presence of the Lord. Uh, another means to sing a new song. Another means to shout. Another means to kneel. And, and as you learn uh, a little more about each one of these words, it actually changes the way you worship. And, uh, and, and so that has been uh, the testimony of so many people that have read the book. And um, we're thrilled to hear that because it, it's grown their understanding of what praise actually means. And it informs. It informs what you've maybe already been doing. So one of the words is talda, and talda is a very, very special word to me, one of my favorites. Um, specifically, the, the definition is, talda is an extension of the hand, thanksgiving, a confession, a sacrifice of praise. Um, thanksgiving for things not yet received. And what is so beautiful about this is the idea of talda is the idea of lifting your hands in praise. It's thanking God for what he has done but it's also thanking God for what he has not yet done. It is uh, lifting your hands in faith. It is lifting your hands and praising him because of who he is, because his promises are true, because his, his, his character is trustworthy. And you're saying, I'm choosing to put my trust in you instead of in my circumstances. So I'm gonna thank you for what has happened, but I'm also gonna praise you for what has not yet happened, what I'm believing for. I had a, a friend, um, many years ago, a man who walked with Jesus like few people that I'd ever met. His name was Ken. And uh, we worked together. And one day I was in his office and, um, and he said, um, you know, pray for me. I've got a situation going on with my family. He said, my daughter was at a party last night and she has not come home and we don't know where she is. I said, mate, you must be worried out of your mind. He said this, I'll never forget this. He said, I don't worry, I worship. You see, when he was tempted to uh, be thinking on that which was out of his control, he instead focused on the one who is in control. And he actually moved his worry to worship. Instead of being stuck in worry, he actually proactively lifted his eyes and started to worship the one who's in control. And I've never forgotten that. This is the essence of Talda. It is, I will trust you when I'm uncertain, I will trust you when I'm afraid. I will worship you when I am anxious. I will lift my hands to you for that which has happened and that which has not yet happened. I will trust you. It's amazing to me how music is the universal language of the world, right? We all speak different languages, but everybody speaks music. It's amazing. Wherever I go, it brings people together like no other thing can do, and it's so powerful. One of the examples for me um, was the song, How Great Is Our God. And we, I, I, in the book, Holy Roar, I talk about this, this song with the word Shabbat, which is one of the seven Hebrew words of praise. And just how that 
how that song to me really captures that word, Shabak. You know, when I wrote the song, I had no idea that it would become the song it became. I can remember sitting in my little uh, apartment condo in Austin, Texas, on my sofa with my guitar, Psalm 104, I can still see it, on the coffee table, looking at Psalm 104, and it says, You, O Lord, are very great. You're clothed with splendor and majesty. Mm. You wrap yourself in light as a garment. It has these beautiful expressions of just the power, the majesty, the greatness of God. Mm. And for some, I just started strumming my guitar and just started singing that chorus, How Great Is Our God. It was very simple. I didn't really think this song is going to go around the world and people are going to sing it. There was none of that. Just your voices in the piano. We sing, come on, how great, how great. Fast forward a few years and now the song has taken off and people are singing it and it's being translated in all these languages and all these things. And when I was recording this song, I thought, man, I just hear, I could just hear this choir, this, this I could hear a children's choir singing this with me. I just had this feeling. And there's, I only knew one uh, children's choir and it was the Watoto Children's Choir out of Uganda. These are all, um, most of these kids are AIDS orphans hmm. or um, most of them from AIDS, but um, but the, it's this beautiful ministry in Uganda that um, takes these kids and gives them a chance in life. And it's, it's beautiful what they do. And they have these, and they put these choirs together, these kids, and they travel all over the world and they sing. And they are, I mean, they light up a room when they have, uh, when they sing. They've sung for kings, for presidents all over the world. They're amazing, beautiful kids. And that's the only people I knew. So I thought, oh, I'll just reach out. I could reach out to them, see if I could like, if they have some recording equipment in Uganda, I could send it to them and say, would you guys could just sing something on this? I would love, I, I get in touch with the uh, one of the leaders and says, well, um, actually we're in Nashville next week. And I was like, <laughs> what? And I said, well, I'm in the studio with such and such these days. And they said, well, we have one day off. We have, we're, on, we're on a six month tour of the United States and we have one day off in Nashville. And we were in Nashville on that day off, and it's next week when you're recording. And I was like, okay, Lord, I mean, this is obvious. And I remember them coming in that day, and I said, well, I'd love for you to come sing with me in the studio. And they were in Ocean Way Studio in Nashville. And I remember them walking in, and these beautiful kids, there was about 20 or 30 of them. They're six years old, seven years old, eight years old. They have not been in a studio like this before, so it's microphones everywhere. It's it's the big recording studio. You got band, you got musicians everywhere. They were kind of like, what in the world? You could just tell there was like a little nervousness. And I was sitting in the, in the, in the booth, like in the control room and they were out where they were gonna be singing. And I, and I just remember the, the, uh, their leader saying, hey guys, let's just get comfortable. Let's just start singing. Let's just start worshiping God. And they, all these kids just start singing how great is our God. They have no idea who I am. I mean, there's six-year-old kids in Uganda. They're AIDS orphans. And I'm sitting there, and it wasn't like, hey, it's Chris, it's this, it's Chris here, let's sing our grace or God. That was just a song they sang. And I, oh, I mean, tears just started coming to my face. I was thinking, how, how can you, how do you write a song, your little apartment in Austin, 
and it makes its way to an orphanage in Uganda. And this is when, when it when it just says, Hey, let's just sing a song to God, this is the song they start singing mm. is was one of the most humbling moments in my life. I was thinking, Wow, Lord, you it's amazing. And I was one of those moments where you're just like, gosh, God, you you just to be a part of that, just to be a part of his kingdom in that way, um, it's just so beautiful. You know, when we make praising God uh, a lifestyle, He guides us in ways that we are aware of and ways that we are not aware of. I think about um, when I moved to the United States, I was working in radio. And I came to the United States to work in radio. That's what I thought I was doing. And I uh, went to Melbourne, Australia, to the American Embassy. And I lined up with a bunch of other hopeful immigrants to try to come to the United States. Uh, to, to work at this radio station and um, as I uh, applied for this particular visa they worked on it and so forth and then uh, they ended up handing me a visa and as I opened it up I looked and I realized that they'd given me the wrong kind of visa um, they actually gave me a visa that I wasn't even eligible for uh, they gave me a pastor's visa and um, I'm thinking They've made an administrative error, but there's really nothing I can do about this. They've, they've given me a pastor's visa. I've never been a pastor before. I have no plans of ever <laughs> becoming a pastor. And yet uh, to go to America, now I've got to be a pastor. And so sometimes people ask me, uh, how did the Lord call you into the ministry? I say, the US government called me into this thing. And out of fear of deportation, I just keep preaching every single week. This is what I do. And uh, I know that it's a really serendipitous story of being called into the, the ministry of the word uh, at a church. But that's my story. That is actually how God has guided me. And little did I know that he was guiding me in ways that I knew of, in ways that I completely was unaware of, but that he had wired me and he had called me. To, to work at a church in ministry as a pastor and he guided me through the process of uh, the American government and the, uh, the, the embassy and the, the INS in, in allowing me to come to the US with a religious worker, a pastor's visa. Interestingly, uh, we planted our church six years ago and uh, we were quite nervous when we were planting our church. Church planting is uh, is is kind of a risk you know i have a wife and three daughters and um i'm not sure where this is going to work and um so we were, we were quite nervous and my wife has been uh doing the daily devotions for jesus calling for for many years and um what she would do and you know there's uh, on the jesus calling book that she has like this one she there's there's space uh, around the area and she was just kind of writing the details of what was happening on each of the days as um, as she was reading it each day. Now, that was great. And, uh, you know, she got through the first year. But what was fascinating is the next year, she was looking day by day on the things that had happened um, on, on, on each of the same days. And um, she would see that the things that we were praying for, or the things that we were asking God for on one particular day was was one thing. But then we're looking at a year later and seeing how dramatically things had changed um, the next year. And, and um, the specificity that she would feel from the words that came day by day in Jesus Calling was really quite remarkable. Now, um, the reason that's particularly significant is that six years ago we planted our church and we've really had a pretty remarkable story. Um, our church is about 7,000 people coming now. 
And so you can imagine that year to year to year to year, there's been uh, dramatic changes. And um, you, you know, we've, we've gone from dozens of people to hundreds of people to thousands of people. And um, when we look at the things that we were praying for on any particular day, and then look at the following year, it's, it's incredible to see the difference a year makes. And then um, how specific the words on each of these different days are speaking directly into the situation we're in. And then a year later, in a completely different way, speaking directly into the situation again. And so um, Jesus Calling has been actually a treasured part of our story. And it has tracked with us year by year through my wife's devotionals. This is January 7th and Jesus Calling. This is the devotional for that day. It is impossible to praise or thank me too much. As it is written, I inhabit the praises of my people. Sometimes your adoration is a spontaneous overflow of joy in response to radiant beauty or rich blessings. At other times, your praise is more disciplined and measured and act of your will. I dwell equally in both types of praise. Thankfulness also is a royal road to draw near me. A thankful heart has plenty of room for me. When you thank me for the many pleasures I provide, you affirm that I am God from whom all blessings flow. When adversity strikes and you thank me anyway, your trust in my sovereignty is a showpiece in invisible realms. Fill up the spare moments of your life with praise and thanksgiving. Mm. This joyous discipline will help you live in the intimacy of my presence. Worship is, it's universal. It is a universal language. And just to play a small role in that has been an incredible journey in my life. One of Chris Tomlin's most beloved songs is the award-winning hit, Good, Good Father. He and song co-writer Pat Barrett wanted to turn the message of Good, Good Father into a book to help young children learn who God is. And through that process, Chris encountered some unexpected surprises. The idea just came to me. And uh, one day, and I, sent, I went to Pat and I said, um, Pat, I've got this, we were in the studio and I said, Pat, I've got this idea for, the, for, um, this, for our song, Good, Good Father, the song we're working on what would you think about it being a children's book at, at this children's store? And he's like, are you kidding me? I was like, no. And I gave him this, this idea. And I said, you know, what if it was, I'll never forget, I had, I had two daughters, right? So I, what if it was this little girl and she's traveling through all these villages and she's meeting all these different people who tell her one thing about God and the next thing in the next village tell her something else about God. And I was thinking, because the first line of the song, oh, I've heard a thousand stories of what they say you're like. Just that one line, the whole idea of the book came to me. I was like, wow. If you could show all these different attributes of God and that the, the, maybe the child gets confused and oh, the one, one town says he's a warrior. The next town says, no, 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 he's, a, he's, a, he's more like a farmer. And, that, and one town says, no, 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 he's more like a doctor. And she's confused. She's like, I don't know who this great king is, this, this God, this king. Who is this king? I want to know this king. And obviously when she gets to meet the king, she's like, I'm confused. I don't know who you are. Everybody says, you're this, you're that, you're that. And the king can say, I'm all these things. I'm a good father. A father does all these things. That's what a father is. He, he provides. He protects. He is a warrior. He is a, he is a doctor. He does. He, he, he wants to look after you. He is a farmer. He does provide for you. 
He's all these things. So I had this little kid's story going on. And then I, I we, and so I sent this to Pat. That's what, all I said. The next day in my email is the whole thing written out from Pat. I'm just like, <laughs> who is this guy? He had every conversation written. He said, man, I couldn't sleep. I just, this was it. And I'm, and then we had just the best time making this book what it became because then we took it to our publishers and they say, this is really nice, but it'd be really great if it was animals. And I was, we were like, animals? So I went back to Pat and I was like, Pat, they said it's gotta be animals. And he's like, <laughs> okay. And so the next day it's all redone and it's now, it's this little bear going to see turtles and raccoons and squirrels and all these different things. And I was like, oh, this is fun. And then we, we bring it back to our publishers and like, nice, we got it to second base. Now it needs to have, the, the bear needs to have a name because all we had was bear. That was our that was our name for her, our character. Creative. Bear. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, the bear needs to have a name. And I'll never forget this conversation. It's one of my favorite things that's ever happened is we're sitting around this round table and all the publishing teams in there and they're like, oh, you know, the bear needs to have a name. They're like, you know, like, like Corduroy, that's like a great name. Like for, you know, that, that was such a good, kids love that. And I, was, and I was like, yeah, my kids love the Corduroy books. They love these books of Corduroy. Like, yeah, you know, the bear needs to have a name. So I go back to Pat and I was like, guess what? Our bear needs to have a name. And they said, you know, they suggest like, you know, like I was telling Pat on the phone, like Corduroy, and he just starts laughing. And I'm like, what are you laughing about? He said, oh, well, that was my great uncle wrote those books. I was like, what? He goes, all these children's books has come from your family? He said, yes. It's like one of our prized things of our family is that's my mom's uncle wrote the corduroy books. And I'm just like, no wonder you can just download a right, children's story right. like it's that. It's genetic. It's genetic. Yeah. And so obviously ours became Tucker, the name of the bear. And this good, good father story finally came to be. It's been so fun uh, to read that to my own kids, you know, and just teach them about God as being all these things. There are a million things that God, all these different things of what a good father really is and for kids to understand God as a father. Mm. Uh, we're also seeing um, around the country and certainly in our church, um, young people that are rising up and just embracing with their hearts the power of what it means to be praising and worshiping God. Um, recently uh, in our church, uh, a, a couple of kids uh, who were in high school in our local area, um, they had such a heart for worship that they started reaching out to other kids in other high schools. Now this was just a bunch of kids. There were no adults that were involved in this. This was uh, a collection of uh, 15 and 16 year olds. But they just said, what if instead of uh, our high schools being known for rivaling one another at football games, what if we were united together for, for a night of worship? A bunch of kids did this. So they reached out to some other friends from another high school and then another high school and another high school and they started promoting this on social media. They came to me and said, could we like do something? Could we use the building to like have a, a worship time? And I thought, this is so sweet. These kids want to do it. Like, what, what room do you want? You know, you want one of our back rooms. They're like, now we want the main auditorium, you know? And I'm like, Bro, you know, that's going to look kind of rough, you know, a big, amp, uh, a big auditorium with a handful of kids. And they're like, wow, we think we're going to have some more. And I'm like, that's so sweet that they think that. But if you want it, then OK, you know. So these kids start promoting on social media that our county, the county schools are going to unite together. 
and um, uh, uh, the county's Williamson County, as they called it, Wilco Unites. And, uh, and so it rolled around and they had 1,100 kids Jeez. all show up to worship together. <laughs> and, and I'm telling you, like, so there's no grown-ups involved. <laughs> there's no adults. And we're just standing at the back end. We're looking at this going, this may be the most holy thing I've ever seen. Mm. There's a bunch of teenagers saying, we are about uniting together to worship Jesus together. One thing I love about um, consistently the themes in the Psalms is that it says that one generation shall declare to the next generation the goodness of God. Uh, that word, incidentally, that word declare is actually the word shabak. And, and it's, it's translated praise in many cases, in, in this case, and in some translations it says praise, but in the NIV it says declare. One generation shall shabak to the next generation. And uh, I love the, the beauty and the unity of, of just uh, one generation singing of the faithfulness of God to the next generation. One of the things that I've tried to convince Darren of and have done a really good job of convincing him of is like, would you, wherever I go, I was like, Darren, wherever I go for the next, I thought for the next six months, it's turned into almost two years. <laughs> That's right. Of wherever I go, whatever city I go, would you come and share this message? I think it will change the night, every night. And we're about to go on our next, we're, we're out on the road now. This whole spring is covering more cities that we haven't been to. Um, with this message. And as I thought, just as I thought, it has come true. Every night, the concert before Darren, I call it BDAD. The, <laughs> the concert before Darren is one thing, and then after he shares this message, and, and we come back up, and we, and we, and we lead again, and it goes back into the music, it's a completely different night. Every single night. And that is the beauty of this message. And I think that's why this message is so important for the church because people grab it. And I've had so many people come to me and meet and greets afterwards. I can't tell you. And one, I'll never forget this one guy. One guy, he was like, I am so frustrated. And I was like, oh, nice to meet you. <laughs> kind of thing. And I was like, and I, um, he's like, you know, he was, um, I remember he was, is this Catholic brother? He goes, my, I'm thinking my priest knows this message. And he knows about these words, and he hasn't told us about these words. <laughs> and I was like, you know, and he was like, and he was like, this is game changing. I want my whole church to know this is what praise is. And then next person, hey, my church, I've never heard this. We've never heard this message. We want our people to hear this message. And the next, I'll meet somebody else. I had no idea that this is what's in the scripture about praising God. I'll never praise God the same. Every night of this tour. It's been so powerful to see. What we hope that people will get from this book is um, an expanded understanding of what it really means to praise God. And my hope is that I think this book could really change the way so many churches across this nation uh, respond in praise. Um, because it's because it's it's God's word. It's not just it's just not it's not just two guys writing a thing just to try to pump people up. This is God's word is saying this is what praise is. To learn more about Chris and Darren's new book Holy Roar, and to find out where you can see their Holy Roar tour, please visit HolyRoar.com. If you'd like to hear more stories about finding the power of God through music, check out our interviews with country music stars, the Oak Ridge Boys, and Aaron Watson. 
Next time on the Jesus Calling Podcast, we speak with former Olympic runner Ryan Hall. Like any sport, running requires a high level of perseverance to push through fatigue and finish the race. Ryan reflects on a particular verse that was pivotal to his athletic success. Being on the other side of my journey, having been to two Olympics, um, what I've learned it took the most of was resilience, just getting back up over and over and over again. Um, One of my favorite verses in the Bible says, though a righteous man falls seven times, he rises again. And I can't tell you how many times I would just would remind myself of that verse. Do you love hearing these stories of faith weekly from people like you whose lives have been changed by a closer walk with God? then be sure to subscribe to the Jesus Calling Stories of Faith podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you like what you're hearing, leave us a review so that we can reach others with these inspirational stories. And you can also see these interviews on video as part of our original web series, with a new interview premiering every other Sunday on Facebook Live. Find previously broadcast interviews on our YouTube channel, on IGTV, or on JesusCalling.com slash video.